I just want somebody to give me a map, a map of how to navigate this life. And that's where my creation of uh, Soul Life Treasure Hunt came into being. And it's really helped me to evaluate my life and to find answers with things I already know about my life. You're listening to the Woman of Value podcast. You are about to hear the story of a woman who is following her dreams and passions and creating positive change in the world. My guest today is Carrie Farmer. She is an intuition encouragement coach, and she helps sensitive heroes on their journey to recognize that every challenge they face is an invitation to allow the beauty of delicacy and grace from the heart to answer the world's pain and suffering. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's an honor. Oh, thank you. You wrote such nice things about the show and really happy to have you. It sounds like you're doing really wonderful work in the world. And um, we're going to start as we always do with what does a woman of value mean to you? A woman of value to me uh, means that you have accepted the sovereignty of your being, the responsibility you have for how you perceive the world and are willing to take that responsibility to make your own choices and to move in the world in an aligned way that expresses the inner design of you and the value that you have seen from your experiences, what you've gleaned, the wisdom from the gems, the wisdom gems that you have um, accumulated from experience. I love, I love serenity. That was something that I didn't really understand for a long time that I was missing that kind of agency and serenity of my own life. And I think, you know, you also mentioned responsibility to make choices of her own. And I think, again, we often think that we don't have choice, but we do. And the other part is that we all have this incredible essence of who we are and our experiences teach us so much. And I'd love for you to share us some of your experiences that have made you the woman of value that you are today. Sure. Thank you. Uh, growing up, I was rather a sickly child, uh, anorexic, feeling really uh, insecure, um, dreamy, not sure what the world was all about, what was being asked of me. I felt like if maybe if I was good enough, maybe I was pretty enough, maybe I was um, fortunate enough that people would notice me, see me, and want uh, to elevate me and tell me who I was. As life went on, uh, through trying to be a good person and doing the right things and uh, finding myself, you know, getting blamed and shamed and guilt ridden. And that was kind of a thing through my family lines, as I think back on that. And I think mankind does that a lot to each other and ourselves. We're in this zone of never having 
really achieved what we really want to achieve in life. And then the self-blame hits and uh, the, I guess the blame and shame, the um, just not feeling like you've ever really made a difference in the world. So as I grew and married a, a my high school sweetheart, and he was really in this spiritual journey. And I'm like, yeah, well, I don't know that that's going to help you, but okay. And eventually, um, you know, we did some studies and, and so self-help became really the thing that I really wanted to understand who I was. And many times, uh, certain personality tests or things would come across my life and really helped me to understand how I was unique in my perspective and others were equally uh, unique in theirs. And yet we could all be part of this council, so to speak, that the world needs everyone. And one size does not ever fit all. So that's why we end up on a many times, um, you know, you might want to follow a guru or be part of a tribe or group that, that uh, espouses that they have the truth. And yet you find that um, it's not really meeting everyone's needs because you're, you're not really expressing who you are. So we all have to come to this Council, And I think that's what I love about what you're doing is you're bringing a council of souls together. And we're all kind of going, wow, this was my journey. And you're going, yeah, so how'd you do that? And you're, we're all going, oh, it was hard, but we did it this way. And this is how we found our, our solutions, or these are the discoveries we had. And usually they drop you down deep within. So from childhood to you know, getting married and being in life and having children and watching them grow and me having to face myself, the things that I maybe thought my parents didn't have uh, well in hand. There were times when I found myself being my own, being my parents to my own children. And, you know, you have to face yourself. And so then, you know, midlife comes where your children, while they're dependent, they go into independence um, needs, the independency. And my husband was going through midlife. <laughs> Here we are going, I'm trying to find me. As the empty nest starts to come into the world, my reality and my husband is dealing with whatever he's dealing with. And... So who am I? Who am I? And I know my cry was, I just want somebody to give me a map, a map of how to navigate this life. And that's where my creation of uh, Soul Life Treasure Hunt came into being. It was a, all right, let's just put it out all on the table and you know how you do when you're negotiating with another person you're in conflict with, you know, you both sit at the table and you're going, okay, let's put it all out there. Let's be really real. And let's take a look at 
what's the strategy here? How can we work together? And I think we do that within ourselves too. We have to find that strategy within ourselves. And um, that alignment for me is very much a, a spiritual connection uh, with love, peace, and harmony, or peace, love, and harmony is uh, an alignment. And we have to be able to flow with life and yet still keep that alignment going. And um, it was really helpful for me because I'm a sensory person. So I created what I call a soul map. And it's really helped me to evaluate my life and to find answers with things I already know about my life. They say it, you know, you have your inner knowing, but I, if anyone else is like me, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I do know <laughs> it's a mystery to me. And so it's fun to play in the world of intuition, your inner knowing, and to really sit with yourself and work the, um, this board that I've created in such a way that it's like a, a way to see what you're feeling, if that makes any sense. It makes some sense. I'm trying to <laughs> picture because I'm a very visual person. Uh, but it sounds like, you know, that just to kind of um, kind of recap what you just shared, because I think it's, I think so many people can relate to growing up with not perfect Childhood. I mean, however it looks for us with you, it was anorexia and insecurity and being sickly and being insecure and feeling like you were not enough. And I think the not enough piece everyone I know can relate to. Even if you look great on the outside today, I think most of us still struggle with that. And, um, and families just don't know how to not blame and shame. There's just so little knowledge, especially in the generation that came before us. I was just visiting my mom yesterday and I still get triggered by a lot of things. And my son was with me and he's like, oh my God, mom, you're so tense. <laughs> like, uh, and cause he's like separated from it. He, he doesn't get, he doesn't get triggered because it doesn't bring up bad memories for him. And I know she's doing the best she can. And she, you know, she is really just lovely in so many ways, but there are certain things that come up that I don't do as a parent. And yet I did find myself like you doing some things to my kids that I was repeating. And so when you do face yourself and take that responsibility and say, okay, I am in charge of me now, because I think a lot of us go into adulthood and we think, oh my God, you know, uh, we can blame our parents for everything. And we're such victims of our lives and we have, we have choice. And so many times it's that midlife time in our lives where we realize, oh, we're at a crossroads. Our kids are gone if we have kids and now, now what? And so it sounds like you were faced with that. Now what? And you didn't know, you wanted somebody to just give you the answer. Hey, here's your map. And so you created it, right? Does that, did I exactly, get that right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, just, let me just kind of help you visually, because um, I know this is being aired more audibly. There's no visual. So what drafted in front of me when I said, I need a map. So what does life suppose, what is it supposed to look like? really. 
And I could see that I had a body, my body and my health was one realm of my life that I need to take care of and I need to be responsible for. And then I had an emotional side of me that, you know, it's, you can't really see it, but boy, you feel it. So there's this emotional health side of me. And then there were relationships, all sorts of relationships that uh, were mirroring what the emotional and the body health was all about, the, the deep beliefs, the all of the, uh, you know, if you don't feel good, if you're hungry or angry, they call it, um, that's going to, you're going to lash out and it's going to impact relationships. If you're peaceful and calm, that can often calm down relationships and bring that into harmony and balance in your life. And then there's the material stuff, all the resources that you have, the career, the uh, home, the hobbies, the, the networks that you belong to, all of those uh, cultures and different things, the, the raw resources from which you manifest or create a life that suits you or that you just get um, overpowered by. So again, are you a victim or are you resourceful and able to see that um, if my body health isn't, isn't in good condition, that's going to impact my resources. My money that I do come in is going to be all put into investing in solutions to get me feeling better and get me healthier. Well, um, it, it, anyway, it, it's all a holistic way of looking at your life and realizing that that inner being of yourself is so important, that self-love, that self-care is going to be part of how the external is going to uh, work out for you. And it will impact you uh, both ways. So, you know, if you're not choosing good resources, you might, it might impact your health, which then makes you feel uh, emotionally um, off kelter, which then starts to bring the steamroll of relationships. So anyhow, um, when I looked at this, I said, okay, everyone gets a body, everyone's got emotions, and we all probably have relationships and we all have material stuff, uh, the shelter and the security the, that we um, can you know, use in our lives. So it's almost like when you're in school and the teacher would give everyone a coloring sheet, it was the same coloring sheet, but everyone colored it their way in different manners and they embellished it in their own way. And that's how I see our, our lives is we get to build and create from this, this basic outline of, uh, you know, this that we navigate with our lives and how we bring it to a place where we can actually look at it from more of a strategy and go, ah, if, if, if I can't, um, if I don't have faith in my life, how is that impacting my life in other ways? So self-trust, self-knowing, it's just many things that we look at. And um, we can actually, I've got 144 aspects that I look at 
to help people um, to understand, you know, the kind of like a heat map, where are you at? And a bit of that is I learned through the process to look at my life in, in a process of awareness. There's gonna be natural conflict, which is a negotiation um, piece for us that we do with ourselves and others. Then there's the seeking of solution and answers, which brings us then to a point of clarity, the ahas where we're going, oh, that's the answer. I don't have it yet, but I know it. And then you manifest, uh, you know, if, if you're looking for whatever answers you're looking for in, in life, somebody might say something or you, you just might find the right uh, product, whatever it is, you'll get that aha and you'll bring that into your life. So that to me is this holistic view of being an observer of your life more to being able to see where you really want to go. What do you want? What do I want? What do I know? That sounds first of all, very comprehensive and very holistic. And when I went to coaching school, we had a wheel of life, which is a little bit like this, not as comprehensive, but it was eight sections that you look at because if one thing is out of whack in your life, your wheel is very bumpy. And so I often have clients fill that out, but this is, this goes a lot deeper. If you have ever played small to make other people feel comfortable or maybe stayed in a bad relationship or job too long because you didn't think you could do any better, I wrote a book for you. It's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. Each of the 30 chapters contains a life lesson, a story, and an exercise to bring you closer to reaching your full potential. Becoming a Woman of Value is available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. And I'm wondering if you can share maybe a story of, about a client who went through the map and what were the results of having this soul map? The results that I have seen from the soul map is the ability to, um, to zero in on one aspect of your life. It could be a, um, a point of maybe you're, you have a question in life and you find a, an intuitive way to look at this map and to actually say, uh, this is really related to my body health and say relaxation. And one of the things that I like to use with this soul map is wisdom cards that, that people um, create, like authors a lot of times will create simple decks. I've got one deck here um, uh, that is uh, by Cherie Carter Scott. Um, it's called, If Life is a Game, Here are the Rules. These card decks are mindfulness decks, self-help decks that are um, key pieces from books that authors have thought. And a lot of times people will pull these cards and think about it for a day, their affirmations, their reminders uh, to work on every day. So in this case, 
um, I pulled a card called Patience. And it is display tolerance while awaiting outcomes. So remember, I just said that my body needs relaxation. So when I looked at that and I pulled a card that was telling me to just be more patient in life. And I can see that, that, that patience is something that I truly need to spend my day thinking about and looking at uh, triggers that are keeping me impatient and to remind myself that this is a patience uh, piece. So when I have looked at um, my other clients and so forth, they have found great value in those types of things where they will pull from the, the bits of knowledge that they already have on hand that they trust. Um, I've actually used like little books, these little success books or positive thinking books or whatever. And you know how you can just flip through and then you just kind of stop on a page and you can pull it up. And it can be the just the message you need to look at for your life. And it, it's tying you into this inner encouragement um, part of you because there's that critical voice, the, the voice that um, has always told you you're not good enough, you don't have enough knowledge, you're, uh, you know, whatever it is that's suppressing and repressing the joy in your life. And there's that inner encouragement, encourager that says, don't stop, don't give up. You've got something to say. There's power in you. There's a, a heart desire. Now that heart desire being squashed will make you sad, will depress you. And it's just, it's just the other side of it to say, but what if I do have something to say? What if? And so there's many people such as yourself who have beautiful uh, insights and, and thoughts for us. And like, say, if you had your book, I'd be highlighting your book and, and, and I could make these cards based on those highlights that I really, they were gems for me that I, they, they spoke to me in some way. So if I was looking at my board and um, usually I'll go to my board uh, at a time of crisis, something's happened, somebody's upset me. Um, I can come to my board. I actually roll dice because I have to be playful about things and I don't wanna just trust myself so much always. Uh, at least that's been my past experience, not trusting myself. So I would roll the dice and I would discover that we were gonna go into emotional relationship material or a body realm, one of those. And then we would take a look at the various aspects and I would drill in and find of the 36 aspects within each of those, I could see one, one thing I'm gonna look at and one thing I'm going to do. And then I would get my message from these card decks or the card decks that I, or the cards that I created for myself. And they were just reminders and the things that matter to me that speak to me, that say this is important. And I think that's where you've got to find that uh, trust in what resonates, what means something to you and speaks to your heart. And it's not about getting everybody else's opinion. 
It's about you reminding yourself who you are, what you were designed to be, what speaks truth to you, so you can actually express that truth in the world. Beautiful. So we're calling this episode Rising Up from the Ashes. We have this like phoenix rising up, and it sounds yeah. like you've done a great job of of really rising from your past to the person you are today and not only helped yourself, but you're creating change in the world, which is what this show is all about. Because mm -hmm. I think so many people may find their purpose, but they're not really helping others. And I think that's the ultimate is, are you doing something that's also helping other people? And so I know you do that in several different ways. Can you tell us a little bit more about your work? Sure. I have an online course, uh, uh, courses actually, and I'm developing even more of them. Uh, for those who might be familiar with the idea of shadow work, I'm in the process of creating another course along that because it's that um, going into those beliefs and the, um, the, the, that level where you are slightly aware or maybe haven't quite taken a good look at those generational influences or the cultural influences and evaluated those things as, are these true for me? So there's that. And then I also have a Facebook group, the Shiro group. I do a S for um, soul sensitives, whatever you want to use that S to stand for with a slash and hero, because I see that the sensitivity of us all and, and that's male, female, but it's, it's, that's what creates beauty in the world. And that's the heroic uh, part of us because we take our resources and some of us are quiet about it. Some of us are very much uh, elaborate with it. Uh, but it's that sensory part of us that, that makes life better for one and all. Chefs uh, often are men, but they can be women too. Um, I see them as sheroes because they bring everyone together around the, the love of flavor and presentation that it brings everyone to the table. Um, artistry, the homemaker who really creates this sanctuary uh, where there's um, a place to go, a home. Uh, when the world gets crazy, you can always come home to the hearth. And there's all this love and this caring and it's a beautiful setting or it's just warm and caring. So that's my vision of what sensitive hearts who have felt really, um, you know, like you've just hit the ashes. You've, you've not really made your way in the world the way you are. Um, you have to feel like you're starting from ground zero. How do you rise up? There's always something in us that just wants to rise up that believes in us. And that's the Shiro journey that I see what the Soul Life Treasure Hunt has uh, given me. It's that journey into your inner treasures. How can I take these experiences, the abuses, the criminal things, the, the this and the that, you know, all that stuff that you're just going, oh, but you realize that it doesn't have to be your identity. 
what it can do for you is to make change in the world. Mothers Against Drunk Driving, uh, it would be one of my examples. The Shiro's rising up from the ashes of tragedy. They just created something that they felt made a difference in the world and taught, brought awareness to everyone that drinking and driving is not a safe thing for one and all. We have to come to the table and create better ways of handling our dramas in life and our realization that our actions can impact other people. What happens to us can be used as a gift or it can be used as a place of victim. Why did these things happen to me? Why me? Why me? Why me? Or you can say, why is it happening for me? And then use it to make change. And in my own life, I've done it many times, but it's it's not even something I consciously do. It's not a hero kind of or shiro type of thing. It's I, I experience it as I don't really feel like I have a choice when I go through something really hard. I have to make meaning of it because it helps me to create a sense of balance in my life and that something didn't just happen for no reason or like somebody got hurt for no reason or suffered for no reason. Um, and the best example in my life was with my son who was born with a genetic disease. And the first thing I did was to take charge of his disease and not just take whatever the doctors were saying to me, which I think a lot of people who go through illness can relate to that you can either roll over and play dead and, and just accept, or you can say, you know what, I'm going to learn as much as I can and take charge. And throughout his life, I advocated, my husband really didn't know how to do that. Um, he just gave me all the responsibility as he said, I was the one who knew how to do it. And I didn't, I just figured it out like all of us who figure things out. And then when he passed away, when he was five and we were in the hospital and they treated us so poorly. And I was so upset with just being devalued that I created um, a meeting I said to them, to the hospital that I want to come back. And it was maybe a month after he died. And I said, I want, I want to teach you how to do better for the next people because you failed. You failed in many ways. And they gathered together social workers and, and nurses and doctors and anybody who really worked with young families who bring in children. And, and I talked to them about how to handle people who are really ill and people who are dying and, now there are more programs about it, but I don't know where the impetus came from, except from someplace deep within. I can't really explain it, you know, how I had the courage to do that. But to me, just having the loss of a child, which is so devastating and just have that be the end of the journey was not, was not going to work for me. Yes. And I think what you said was you didn't see yourself as the hero, but you came, you're, the leadership within you called up and said, this needs to be, this needs to change. And the buck stops here. I will take responsibility. I will step up. I will get into the light and I will do whatever you're going to do. And I, 
I, I, I think that's really classic for most sensitive uh, people who are caring people. They, they, they want to accommodate, they want to collaborate, they want to be um, supportive. They don't see the hero in them. And I'm going, oh, you gotta know that you're here for a reason. And it's, you're pulling weight. You're making a difference because when your voice won't be stifled any longer, how can you not be in a way, a sensitive hero, a soul centered hero? Anyway, you don't have to be that masculine, you know, you know, saving the world, one man saves the world type thing, but you can be the, the hero in your children's life, in your spouse's life, in um, your community, or in your own life, when you can actually break the cycles of uh, dysfunction, of generational patterns, it's it's a heroic act because there's that something inside you that says it stops now. The line is drawn. I'm done. I'm not carrying this forward. This is not yeah. the baton I'm passing on to my future generations. No way. Right. Not doing that. Yeah. I'm changing this. It's true. It's, it's, um, there is something that rises up. It's like, I, I'm gonna, I'm going to create change from now on. And I, and it did it in so many ways without, without thinking about it. And I think that anybody who has that inner leader, and I, I like what you say about it's not this, the loudest voice in the room, the one who makes the most noise is not the one who necessarily is, is making change. And many times the one who's the loudest is not actually effective. And I think for all the quiet leaders out there, just to keep going because you do have a voice and nobody, nobody should ever stifle or silence themselves for anybody. And if you have something to say, please say it. So we're going to jump into the lightning round, Carrie. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. (laughs) All right. So fill in the blank. I used to think I wasn't blank enough. Blessed enough. Oh, interesting. Because you mentioned some other not enoughness before. I know. And I was thinking about that. And I was like, it encompasses worthiness, uh, smart enough, uh, lucky enough, uh, all of that. I wasn't blessed enough. I, I had physical beauty, but ironically, when I was young, that was a, a way to tell me I wasn't smart enough. Mm. So, you know, so that blessed enough gives me that holistic feeling that, you know, of that I had it all together. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty encompassing in your holistic manner as always, right? (laughs) Uh, So what was the number one thing holding you back from becoming a woman of value? Depending on others to have the answers for my life and tell me what direction I should go in, what I need to be, what I need to do. Got to rely on that inner knowing, as you say. Mm -hmm, Definitely. What is the best advice you can give to a woman who wants to become more empowered? Do the inner work. Uh, The self-love work 
the uh, ability to draw up that inner encourager of yourself, the one that says, you're okay, you can do this, take the leap, follow the heart, the vision you have. Um, if you see something that isn't uh, ideal, then make the change, be the change. Uh, find a way within yourself to really be um, the person you know you are deep inside. What advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, my love, you're okay. You are so beautiful deep inside. Your heart is pure. You are filled with love, made with love, and love shines through you. And you have the power to take responsibility for your life. You can face it all and it won't break you. It won't break you. I don't know. We feel like everything's going to break us when we're younger, right? Oh, well, the, that is it. And, and you're creating that dependence as children, that independence that you uh, need as an, a teenager because you want the keys and you, you know, you think you know how to drive the car of life. You want those keys and you just want to go, right? And you're, ah! uh, and later on in life, you find that interdependence is gleaned by the wisdom that you gained from those earlier years. So you may be just gathering experiences of everything. So nothing's wrong. It's all a cycle and it's all a process. So you're experiencing, you're exploring, you're bringing it in. There will come a time where you're going to have to unpack those bags and look at each one of those experiences and evaluate what you could glean from it. It's like rough diamonds or rough stones that um, you can actually uh, bring when you rub them off or crack them open they're beautiful totally beautiful and they are valuable gems in your life uh, and you don't have to take all the heavy baggage you can offload that but you can keep the really valuable pieces and that's what I call the inner treasures of your life that you will go forward into a new new era so if you're younger just explore it all and try to not judge it so harshly or judge yourself so harshly as right or wrong. You're in process always along the way. You remind me of when we were at a retreat once and we had to crack open these stones. They're called geo something. Yes. Geode? Right. Like a Geodes. <laughs> yeah, geodes. So they look kind of icky on the outside and when you crack them open they have these beautiful crystals on the inside and that's reminds me so much of what you're talking about like we don't we don't see it until we, we're cracked open and we get to look at all the all the inners <laughs> that's right that's right it's uh it's really glorious and quite valued in the world yes. those geodes yeah 
So Carrie, what is something that people often get wrong about you? That I'm weak. You know, I, I do like to work with people, but I think sometimes it's, uh, it's I'm pretty determined to. <laughs> so um, that, yeah, that uh, that can be the weakness that, you know, they might see sensitivity, but that's not the answer to me. It's not yeah. my identity. Mm -hmm. And finally, how would you like to be remembered? Oh, it's a change maker and a, a, an encourager of um, one and all that the, we change the, the way we interact with each other and we bring everyone to the table and value everyone's perspective uh, because no one can do it all. And we need all voices. We need all, all experiences. And I really truly believe that we can make a difference in the world when we have that level of acceptance. I was just reading to my grandkids just before we went on today. They live in Israel. And I was reading them the book Raya from the Disney, the Disney heroine. Are you familiar with? What she Not does. that one. Uh -uh, that's new to me. So this reminds me so much of that. It's um, it's a it's a story of a, a princess, or know, she's not even called a princess. She's a warrior. There were five countries. Basically, the whole world is divided into five kingdoms, and they used to all be united. And they each had a gem. I think, or the gem was together and there were dragons in the world. Anyway, the point of the story is that the, the gemstone got crashed and the people were divided. And the father of this, this warrior princess, Raya, tells her that the only way to mend the world is through trust. And she's like, no, that's not going to happen. We will not be able to bring everyone together. And in the end, of course, it is when they all work together as one, through a lot of challenges that they all came together and recreated the harmony and the peace in the world. So it very much reminds me of your story. Yeah. <laughs> so beautiful. That is so true. I look at my board and, you know, we're talking about the four realms, but there's that fifth realm of that, what you're thinking and, and see, think you're seeing and, and visualizing that observing part, the spiritual for some people, it could be a lot of different uh, objectivity or whatever. But if you're out of balance, it, let's say you, you're so career minded, you don't take good care of your health, boom, or your relationships, or your emotional needs. If you just see only one aspect of your life yeah you it, it's it's it all crashes on you right it won't give you everything that really completes and satisfies your life and that's the way we are in the world too yeah um every voice every perspective we've got to have everyone um at the table honored and embraced allowed to be different but yet allowed to also be unique. Beautiful. 
So Carrie, uh, I know you have a quiz, a free quiz to help yes. people learn what's blocking them. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yes, if you'll go to theholdback.com, uh, it is a, a, a quiz on my page, uh, carriefarmerconnections.com. You can also go forward slash the holdback to get there. It's a couple of ways to do that. But uh, it is about uh, like 11 questions on uh, various aspects, like where, where, what's holding you back uh, in, in feeling that balance? Is it the material world? Is it your emotional self? Is it your relationships? Is it your health uh, kind of body needs and so forth? And so when you go through it, it's a self-assessment type of a, a quiz. And then you'll get a, a result that will give you just a basic idea, some tips and some encouragement, I'm hoping. And then uh, if you scroll down further, if you're like, oh, well, I, I really kind of want to know a little bit more about these results, uh, you can apply for a free 30-minute consultation with me. And uh, I will, you know, take a those who feel like a good fit, I will schedule, help you schedule something. We'll just kind of talk a little bit more about what you're seeing and feeling. And if you want to work with me beyond that, then that's fine. But essentially, I really love being able to give this to the world because I think if you do this self-assessment, you'll be able to feel a little bit more about, okay, this could be an area that if I put a little more time and attention on, uh, do some seeking around, that I could feel a little easier in my being. And thank you so much for joining me today and helping our audience learn what it is to rise up from the ashes and how they actually can follow in your footsteps and take some of their past experiences and use them as a jumping board to finding this the gems of their life instead of feeling like this is this is all there is because there's so much more so i hope people go and check out your website and your quiz and um and thank you for being a woman of value thank you for likewise this has been an amazing experience and i love connecting with you thank you if you would like to step more fully into your value, grab a free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Becoming a Woman of Value on my website, thewomanofvalue.com. Just click the link at the top of the homepage. And if you haven't already done so, be sure to click the subscribe button in your listening app. And if there's something in this episode that inspired you, please share it with others. Because the more we share these inspirational stories, the more women of value we will have in this world. I'll see you next time.